Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games Podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined by my co-host, Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Merry Christmas, ladies. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of rum. Mm. <laughs> Sounds delicious. is now a pirate Muppet, confirmed. Ho, 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 and a bottle of rum. kind. I'm going to go down your chimney, baby girl, and give you all of the wrapped presents. Ooh, no cold for Steimer this uh, year. You know, it's safe and wrapped. Let's see. See, you picked up what I was putting down. Safety first, everybody. Safety first. (laughs) If a creepy man in a red suit comes down your chimney and wants to give you his wrapped presents, as long as they're actually wrapped, you're fine. Yes. (laughs) This is life lessons from us to you. Yep. You're welcome. Thank us later. Well, that took a turn that I was not expecting, (laughs) but we hope that everybody listening has had a fantastic holiday season so far. Of course, it is getting near the end of the year, just mere days away from 2020. I remember being in high school and thinking that 2020 as a year sounded like a made up thing that was so far away. And now it's like almost here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was a mighty long time ago. (laughs) Time is flying and we're getting old. That's all I there mean, is to it. Yeah. 2020, I will turn 35. It's That's crazy. Nice age to turn in 2020. Yeah. I was like, I, yeah, I mean, because I was born in a nice even year. So then it kind of works out. But I was uh, surprised. I was like, well, you know. And then you got hindsight, which is 2020. So I feel ah. like that means it's going to be a good year. At least it fucking better because 2019 has been an absolute shit show. <laughs> it really has been a shit show. I agree. I'm uh, ready for 2020 to roll. It's fine. Beautiful. And yes, I'm buttering the year up ass in here and wink at me with its long, luscious eyelashes. And hello, I am on Sudafed. My name is Brittany. Sudafed. Put it in your tum tum. Tum Yes, the return of the Sudafed song. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's only going to get better as the episode goes on. Uh, We want to let you guys know that we did record this episode in advance because of the holidays. And normally, the week of Christmas is when we do our What's Good Game Awards. But because of the way we were shooting this month, we wanted to have a few more weeks to evaluate some of the categories. And so we decided to record our most anticipated games of 2020 episode because, boy, oh, boy, does it look to be an exciting year next year. So keep your eyes peeled for next week's episode where we will be recording in the new What's Good Game studio, the What's Good Game Awards 2019. It's going to be very fun, very exciting shenanigans to be had, for oh sure. Oh, boy. I so am with- very excited to spill whiskey in the studio. It's like the rite of passage. 
It's what I do is I spill things in all of the studios. I spilled things in our first studio. I spilled things in our little makeshift studio. My ass hit it. In, uh, oh, yeah. I forgot you remember about that? that. Yep. No, it's me. This is You're talking to me. I remember down. nothing. <laughs> I know. You actually remember. You don't remember that or you do remember No, that? I do, but only after you said it. Oh, see? That's okay. Uh, but yeah, no, Andrew, you saw ahead and you picked out good carpet, whatever it is. So it's Brit proof. That's all that matters. Yeah, and it's black, so it can withstand a lot of whiskey stains. Perfect. So we're so we're good to go. Um, but what's not good to go that will be good to go is our list of brand new patrons. So you guys know that we've been reading our new members to Patreon every week, but because, of course, we are recording these episodes out of order, we apologize to all of our brand new patrons that are joining us here at the end of December. Don't worry. You will get your shout out. We are banking them and we will read them once we get to the end of the month. So if you're like, hey, I signed up and I didn't get my shout out. Don't worry. It's it's happening. And if for some reason your name doesn't get read and you did sign up, email us. Let us know and be like, hey, um, knock, knock. WTF, mate. You said that, that I could I could have the thing. And we will give you the thing. Uh, but we do also want to give a big shout out to our Patreon producers for the month of December. Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atay, and Mohammed Mohammed. Brittany, is there any other announcements that we should be making that I'm forgetting about? When does this episode go live? This is the day after Christmas-ish. Our One, pa- two days after Christmas. Our Patreon streams will be Sunday the 29th. Yes, good call. Mm-hmm. Just mere days away. Good from when job, this Brittany. Launches. Your brain Thanks. works. Kind of. Why don't we get into our most anticipated games of 2020? But before we do that, I want to tell you that it's brought to you by Logitech. We have been talking about Logitech products all month long and about how much we enjoy working with Logitech G as a company and using all of their fantastic materials. And the thing that we're talking about this month, we've got two products that we've been featuring. The one we're going to be talking about specifically this week in this episode is the G915 wireless gaming keyboard from Logitech G. So this keyboard is something that I've been using now for a couple of weeks. One of my favorite features of it is that it is wireless. And this is the first wireless keyboard I've ever used. And I've mentioned to you guys that I was really nervous that using a wireless keyboard would have lag issues or input issues. But so far, it has been working flawlessly. So if you guys aren't familiar, the G915 is the most advanced gaming keyboard ever made. Logitech G has combined sophisticated design, cutting-edge technologies, and breakthrough engineering to bring you the ultimate wireless gaming keyboard. The Logitech G915 is a new class of mechanical gaming keyboard featuring breakthrough light-speed wireless technology with super-fast one-millisecond report rate. Light-speed wireless makes issues like lag time a thing of the past. The G915 is engineered with LightSync, Logitech G's amazing next-gen RGB lighting. With LightSync, you can customize the lighting colors of any or every key and even synchronize your keyboard lighting to match the action in your games, music, and videos. Plus, it features high-performance mechanical gaming switches. The low-profile switches give you supreme gaming speed and accuracy at about half the height of traditional switches. That means smoother, more comfortable key presses from your opening attack to victory. Now, Steimer, you impressed me with your knowledge of keyboard switches. (laughs) Mm. What's What's so great about keyboard switches to you? Um, well, I've always, I've loved a mechanical keyboard since I started to use them because there's just 
there's well it depends on which type of switches but you usually have um really nice like a feedback loop like either there will be a bump or a noise um but the ones that i have right now on my keyboard are reds which are not either of those things it's not as much fun the anything that's blue or brown is really nice because it's like bumpy and clicky and it feels good yeah, so this is the keyboard that I have now. You guys can see I have the RGB lighting on. Um, and the low, prof- low profile switches are so cool because one of the things that's sometimes difficult about mechanical keyboards, as Timmer mentioned, is that the switches are really high and it can sometimes make it challenging to type. But not in the G915 because it's got premium quality inside and out, incredibly thin, beautiful aluminum alloy top plate, ultra durable keys, refined media controls, and customizable G keys to execute complex actions with a single keystroke. Plus, that rechargeable battery powers you through even the longest gaming sessions with 30 hours of nonstop battery life and a quick three-hour recharge. As I mentioned before, don't game for 30 consecutive hours. It's just not safe for your bladder and your brain and your eyeballs. But it is really nice that you don't have to be charging your keyboard all the time if you do have nice long sessions. So do you want one of these keyboards for yourself or maybe one of the other amazing Logitech G products? Well, you can get 10% off today with code what's good at logitechg.com. That's right. Logitech G is offering our What's Good Games listeners 10% off any of their products at logitechg.com with that promo code What's Good. 10% off all Logitech G products with promo code What's Good. So, ladies, when thinking about games you're excited for in 2020, do you immediately think to a single title? Do you think to a month? Do you think to a window? Where should we kind of like start? You want to just start in January and go down the line? How you want to? How you want to tackle this? I mean, if you if you want to do the, we could do the initial like if there's one each, mm. and then go through the rest of everything. Sure. Uh, like what's your like kind of, of standout number one game <laughs> that you're like in order? Yeah, one? I'm like I want to say an alphabetical order, and I'm like that's not correct. What is the calendar order? <laughs> Chronological. Chronological. Good old Papa Chronos. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my brain is really having a struggle bus day today. Um, the best for me. I think it's probably no surprise that Cyberpunk 2077 is the the game I am most anticipating this year or coming year. And I think definitely after the last uh, E3 showing I saw, I've become more excited for it because the first one, as you may recall, I was a little eh about it because the dialogue was super cringy. Um, But from what I saw this past year, which was a a decent length demo, it was about an hour it, that seems to have been resolved, or at least this section was not that cringy. So I'm I'm back on board the hype train, riding at full speed, waiting for this sucker to be done, <laughs> so that I can totally modify my body, have some weird hair, get some cool clothes, and just run around this world and probably not do too much bad things because i'm one of those goody two-shoes players that like for the most for the most part i keep it pretty clean but then occasionally i'll probably just kill someone for the sake of it because you know mm-hmm. you, you can't, put, you can't put me in a box andrea i'm not 100 good all of the time i am whatever i feel like in that moment huh oh 
Have I put you in a box before? No. Have I put baby oh, in I, a corner? I didn't mean you like <laughs> you, you. <laughs> it was the... Have I put baby in global. a corner? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you both so much. I see, I see what you mean. No, Simer, I'm with you. I think Cyberpunk 2077 is also one of my most anticipated games. I think that gamers around the world probably echo the same sentiments of everybody's kind of waiting with bated breath to see how this game will roll out, knowing how well, you know, CD Projekt Red did with The Witcher 3 and has done with other titles in the past and how they have more resources than ever before after the success of The Witcher 3 to make Cyberpunk 2077 something really special. And everything we've seen is super exciting. I just rewatched John Wick 3 not that long ago, and I just love Keanu Reeves so much and the idea that I get to play a video game with him as a primary NPC figure is just like icing on the cake. And I'm oh, like, totally. So yeah. jazzed. When he was added in there, I was just like, I literally, I was so confused because <laughs> I'm like, what? You got Keanu? But why? And then I was like, but you know what? I don't even doesn't care matter. why. It doesn't matter why. <laughs> just sure. Put Keanu Reeves in everything. He seems like such a stand up guy. Give the man more work. I don't care. But, uh, but yeah, I still think that that is probably one of the more random things I've ever seen, but I am 100% here for it. Um, I, the only, my only wish and hope and prayer is that there will be an auto drive. Oh yeah. 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 I don't want to, I don't want to drive. Don't make me drive. I want to drive. No driving. driving. Why is there not teleportation in cyberpunk? I mean, I'm sure there will be fast travel, but. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, obviously cyberpunk because I love especially Andrew was saying coming from CD Projekt Red, a game where you can really lose yourself in and just kind of do what you want to do and not feel any, you know, imminent rush to do things. That's, I'm loving those games and like the Outer Worlds really, it had been a while since I played a game like that and playing the Outer Worlds made me think like, oh God, I can't wait for Cyberpunk because this seems like you're going to get that same sort of thing out of it, right? Where you just get to like play and do what you want and lose yourself however you want to. So obviously Cyberpunk, um, I'm kind of, I'm at a toss up right now because Cyberpunk obviously looks amazing, but Tilu 2 is just like, it's Tilu 2. But then there's Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I'm excited for all three of them for very different reasons. As excited as I am for Final Fantasy VII, it's kind of not hard to be excited. That's not the word I'm thinking of. It's, I already know kind of what to expect from that game in terms of, I know how far along the story the the game is going to go because it's only the first installment, right? Yeah. And I know there's going to be some new characters and probably some new events that happen. And that's very, very exciting in itself. But it's like those new stories that get me more excited than anything. And so while obviously I'm very, very hyped for Final Fantasy VII, it was my game of show at E3. I would say mine is probably Tilu 2. I'm kind of feeling some creepy vibes. You know, I want to get like kind of spooked a bit and I love, yeah, yeah, the apocalypse shit. It's like, yeah, fuck me up. Um, I, so I would say mine as of right now is probably Tilu 2, unless the Resident Evil 3 remake actually is coming next year, which is that's like the heavy rumor, right? If that's an actual thing that gets announced, then that would absolutely be, be my number one answer. So even though Tilu traditionally is not really about the monsters or the infected, it is mm. about the people of the world. And it seems like it's going to lean that way even more with The Last of Us 2, uh, based on obviously like what Andrea has talked about, even what Neil has said in interviews. So does that make it more or less hype for you? Because I know you sometimes are like, eh, the people I don't care about. That's a really good point. 
Uh, you know, I think it still comes down to the fact that it's The Last of Us. So I sure. think they can do anything they want. They could put fucking unicorns in that game and I would be all over it. I'd be like, oh my what God, if? this game. It's such oh gosh, a twist. Clicker unicorns? Clicker Horrifying. Unicorn. <laughs> oh, that, I would love to see someone draw. Yeah. But I, I think in this case, look like. it'd basically be like a horse with a big mushroom head and a horn coming out of it. Would the wait? What if they were regular horses, but they ended up looking like unicorns because of the way the fungus grew out of their head, and it like oh my and it, like, god, exploded little spores off at the tip, so it infected more things around it. So it'd be like a confetti tube where all the spores yes. come out of the horn. Oh my yes. god! <laughs> I love this Neil. So call me up. I will, <laughs> I will consult on this video game too. Oh my god! I, yeah, no, but oh I'm with goodness. you. No, Sammy, you're right. If it is, if it does focus on the people, that kind of does turn me off a bit. But the fact that it is, you know, Joe, Joe, well, Joel, and uh, <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> oh, that suit if it's kicking my ass. Um, I think just to see their story continued and see. I mean, no matter what, it's going to be a dark, dark game. And I think that's kind of what I'm craving. I've been playing some happy games lately, and I'm kind of needing some fuck me up in Clature, if that makes mm. sense. Sure. Give me, some, give me I mean, some dark shit. Yeah. You know, the darkness helps you appreciate the light, I believe they say. Oh, but oh. I'm, yeah, it's one of those, and also the new release date that was, it was pushed. Um, mm-hmm. So originally it was slated for February? February, right. Uh, and now it is May, end of May, which is, you're in my birth month. Yeah. Brittany. Yes. Happy birthday to us. Here's a fucked up video game. Yay. About, I believe Neil has said this before. Is he didn't he hasn't he said it's like about hate, basically? <laughs> Great. So um that's gonna be really fun. It's one of those games where I I struggle with because it is The Last of Us, and obviously The Last of Us had a, a very strong impact on me and the industry as a whole when it came out. But I also know this is not going to be a fun game. And I yep. like it's going to be an emotional journey. It's probably going to be um, something that transcends time similar to the original, or at least we all hope that it is. But I think I'm going to struggle to get through it because I'm going to be like, but it's sad. Or it's, I have to yeah. kill a dog and I don't want to kill a dog. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're definitely going to probably have to kill multiple dogs if my hands-on time is any indication about the way that your gameplay is going to proceed in The Last of Us Part 2. I think that Naughty Dog has done such a fantastic job of setting the bar for quality in video games that gamers can rely on and have come to expect from their titles. So even if the source material... Or the narrative isn't something that grabs you right away. You know that you're at least going to get something compelling and interesting. And that's what excites me about The Last of Us Part Two. Even though I wasn't, you know, doing backflips after my hands-on time earlier this year, it still is a Naughty Dog game. And I love that studio and I love the work they do. And I really enjoyed The Last of Us. And so I absolutely am looking forward to playing The Last of Us Part Two. And yes, I will be playing on baby-ass baby mode. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I played the first one on normal, but I think this one seems so much darker that I am just going to need to, like, be gentle with myself. Good for you. <laughs> A.K.A. put it on easy mode and just enjoy the the story and the ride. Like, I, I did actually really like The Last of Us gameplay. Um, the OG one, I haven't played the new one at all. I didn't get any hands-on time with it yet, but... 
that being said, I still think the stress levels will already be so high going into this game. Give yourself a small so victory. Whatever I can do to, to tone that down, I'm going to be like having all my candles around me, just like some relaxing sounds <laughs> in the background, maybe get a massage chair, just try and, you know, get, get through it. Oh my God. That's hilarious. But you know what? Listen, whatever you need to do to get through, play with the lights on, come over here. We'll play it together. We'll hold hands. It'll be great. Yes. I wish you were, had lived closer with Resident Evil because I may have actually been able to get through that game then. There's still time. We can go back. We can we can play it all together. I have to play anything scary at your house because if I scream, I'm worried that my neighbors will call the cops. Oh, but nice neighbors, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They, oh, they, they care. They're concerned. <laughs> yeah, you know. I live near good people. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, there's definitely I want to dig into with Brittany on some of the other titles she mentioned, but we're going to put a pin in those because we decided just at the top of the show here, we would talk about kind of our most anticipated, um, kind of like what's a peak of our mind. Obviously, we're going to talk about several games throughout the course of the episode this week. But for me, the one that kind of stands out to me, which is is a surprise because normally this is not a game that would be something that I would look at from an anticipation perspective, but Dying Light 2 is probably at the top of my list right now. If we don't talk about um, Cyberpunk, you know what I mean? Like, to me, like the. Yeah. I was so impressed by what I saw. Brittany, I I love that you're like, (laughs) you're like doing a little dance. Um, I was so impressed by what we saw at the E3 presentation and some of the subsequent things that they've showed uh, from the studio that I'm actually more excited for this than I thought I was going to be because Dying Light just did not click with me. I think that I just got really overwhelmed by a lot of the day and night mechanics and didn't really get to enjoy some of the world building that Techland was doing with that game. And with Dying Light 2, it makes it seem a little bit more approachable because they have upgraded a lot of the traversal systems, the RPG systems, and then, of course, they've built in this really impressive narrative RPG system into the game that makes you feel like you're invested in the world in a deeper way than in its predecessor. So those reasons are why I'm looking forward to a zombie game where normally I would be like, no thanks. They said, I think actually the fact that what they said in the demo is the thing that would turn Brittany off and turn me on is when they said that they didn't really consider themselves a zombie game at all. Uh, and I was like, all right, I'm on board. But then I kind of felt Brittany like, Ur. like, <laughs> well, no, it's funny. Cause I actually, I, I'm the one who asked that question. Right. Yeah, I, I know. Was that's curious. why I, you were like, <laughs> but yeah. So I can understand. It's not surprising at all, actually, that you wouldn't be, that you wouldn't enjoy the first one, but you'd be kind of turned on by this one because this one very much does seem more of like a story of survival in a post-apocalyptic world with these little like infected, you know, kind of like as like an obstacle off to the side. Right. Um, the first game was a very intense game, and it ha- did have some pretty freaky deaky moments. But I agree. I think what they're doing with Dying Light Two, um, it looks incredible, and it's so beautiful. And the fact that we, what you were talking about how you can change, you can completely manipulate the world however you want, you know, depending on what you do. And I think it's really impressive what they're doing, and I'm very excited for that too. Yeah, I also thought it was really interesting how the effects of your choices don't just impact like the storyline it impacts the geographical like the the map right like mm-hmm. so a whole part of the city could be underwater or it could not or whatever um and then that also impacts what type of infected or whatever they're called in this game because i do not remember um what 
those types are too because if you do have like the more muddy swamp grounds there's a new type of monster or baddie coming to get you but if not then there might be some other kind and you're like the amount of detail that they thought through of okay if x storyline plays out what would naturally happen was really impressive to me and then yeah like you mentioned Brittany, honestly you dragged me to this demo i was like yeah. i don't want to see it i it's a zombie game not interested goodbye but then i also was like well i don't really have any other appointments at that time so i guess <laughs> i guess i have to go and you're a good friend and i and i sat in there and i was i my the first thing i noticed was like holy crap this game is beautiful and crisp and like there was something about the lighting and obviously this was an e3 demo which means like it is not um compressed down for like what it might look like on a console or whatever but i don't care it was one of the most beautiful games i saw at e3 and that was what initially was like okay i will i'm gonna sit in the demo and be happy about it actually because it's just really pretty <laughs> and then as they continued on and, and started talking about the new systems and you know traversal and all that i was like okay okay and then yeah then they they were like here's the cherry and that's the we're not a zombie game and i was like <laughs> hey you're speaking my language and Let's be co-op. friends. <laughs> so if you get too scared, well, I don't know if you'll get scared during this. You can play with up to three of your friends. Yes, it supports four-player co-op. <gasps> play with us. Oh my play god, do you want to? Do you and John want to set up a third TV in your house so that obviously I can chill in your living room and play games with you? Of course, that would be freaking awesome. <laughs> I thought I'm you'd down. never ask. I'm down. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, Dying Light Two currently doesn't have a release date. It's just spring 2020. Them. Correct. Which is when, but I highly doubt that this, this is going to get pushed beyond 2020 because we, I think we, there was rumors originally that it was going to be holiday 2019. Yeah. And, th- and then, you know, E3 is when they officially announced 2020 as their launch window. And I would be pretty shocked if they missed the window to be, you know, on the crossover between the consoles. So, but you know, crazier things have happened. Very true. <laughs> Yep. But yeah, I think that's actually a, a decent point to bring up is like, clearly, we have new consoles coming out this year. So a lot of what we will be talking about on this show is like, is first half of the year stuff, because anything later um, is probably being saved for those announcements. <laughs> but there's well, hey- and there's the rumor that February 2020 is going to be the PlayStation 5 reveal event, mm. which is a relatively new rumor. And there's going to be some games that we're going to hypothesize about. But maybe what we can do is start with the games that have confirmed release dates as of right now. Sure. And Brittany, this is like, I feel like 2020 is like the year of Brittany. I am so excited. There's a lot for you. Yeah. (laughs) Be gentle, daddy. Oh, no, I I know. I'm very, very excited. So in January, granted, Yakuza Like a Dragon is just confirmed for Japan, but um, the new Yakuza game looks freaking amazing. It's interesting because they're taking the combat, which is generally, you know, like brawler style to something that looks a little Persona-y. So there's obviously a lot of controversy. Yes. I know. Sam, I remember. And do you Did remember someone the- say, call me? Hello? <laughs> do you remember the, oh, was it the crayfish summon tweet that I posted a while ago that I like retweeted or something? You can, there's summons in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can summon, I think it's a crayfish, and you like bring out your phone and you do all these crazy things with your finger, and then you have a magical finger, and then this crayfish like falls from the sky, and it's an army of crayfish. And like they, you like, do. 
Yep. And they dive after the dude and gouge his eyes out. Oh, it's just so ridiculous. I love these games so, so much. They're so crazy and out there. Um, I don't know when this is coming to our neck of the woods, but obviously... Usually, is it like out. a year after, usually? I hope not. I think it's coming later, later 2020, like you said, but I hope it's like six months later, two months later. I just really want to play it. After playing Judgment, I'm totally hooked on these kind of games, and they're fantastic. And yeah, then... I- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go, baby girl. Oh, just in the vein of Yakuza, there is, you know, uh, the five remastered, five, Yakuza 5 and remastered collection are coming out. Um, and they are also, I believe, going to be on Xbox Game Pass. Yes. Some so of them are. I am eager to jump into those via Game Pass and just, like, screw around with them a little bit. Because, yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> If I can summon a crawfish, like, let's go. <laughs> I think you'll really like them. They're just so quirky and weird. I, think I watched, back in the day, I watched Greg play a bunch of them, and they did, they always seemed fun. I just never had, I was watching him play. I wasn't playing. Yeah. And then that later in January the 17th, we have Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which, oh my God. Yes. I cried when I heard this game was happening because I'd always want and I will by crying. I mean, I got a little teary on the airplane and a single tear shed because I've always wanted um, a game like this. It's always typically been fighter games within Dragon Ball Z. There was Dragon Ball. Oh, God. On the Game Boy Advance. I can't remember what game it was, which kind of explored more story elements of the Dragon Ball Z world and universe. And that was the last thing we really got. So the fact that they're making an open world RPG based off of Dragon Ball Z, which follows Goku, I think, up until the Boo Saga, which is pretty, like, late, late, late in the series. It's awesome. You know, there's going to be side quests. You have to build your friendships with people. You get to level up. There's, you know, eating. You get to eat a lot of food, and you level up by eating food. It's just... It's such I mean, a how good... else would you level up? I mean, that's what I'm saying, Steimer. All Killing this, like, stuff? I, I no, mean, yeah. Eating is way better. That's what I'm saying. Agreed. Yeah, when I saw this game and got some hands-on time with it, I was you know, very impressed by the level of detail that they've put into the world. And I think it's because so much of what, I, of what I've seen from the Dragon Ball universe has been in that very 2D anime style. And so seeing a 3D open-world RPG-style game set with the Dragon Ball characters and the aesthetic was really neat and being able to like fly around the world felt really good and you know running into some of the characters you know kind of you know reminisced about you know would make you reminisce about some of the people and things that you know from the anime and so I think it's going to be a really popular game I think that they're gonna have lots of fans with this one. Oh my gosh I'm curious because I'm not a Dragon Ball fan but I do obviously like anime so I'm like I wonder if I would understand anything that's happening in this I don't know. I would. Can you at least play it and let me know? I would know? like, like to play I would it. love. Yeah. I would love a Steimer reviews Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and see like just what the fuck you like, think is happening. What is? I mean, even with your description, I saw both me and Andrea just like glaze over yeah, no. for a minute. We were like, what? No, I know. I saw the light leap both of your eyes. It's fine. No, it's crazy though because I've actually played this one, and what's what's funny about it is that I. I'm not an anime person. You guys know this about me. Everyone who listens to this show knows that. Um, but I thought that they've done such a good job with what I've played so far 
that it actually was very intriguing to me. And it's tough to get into an anime that's been running as long as Dragon Ball has, right? And it's sometimes you feel really lost. But I think what's great about them trying a different genre of video game than what we've really seen from this anime before is that it does bring people in who are maybe on the sidelines going, oh, hey, I like anime or I like RPGs, but maybe I've never tried them together in this way. And so I think it's it's really smart of you know Bandai Namco to think about that and go, hey, we need to do something a little bit different with this franchise that's so, so popular and so successful. It's almost mm-hmm. like maybe other franchises that feature cartoon craziness <clears throat> Pokemon. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, might want to try something, you know, original. Anyway, um, Brittany. Yes. <laughs> would you say, do you know the specific timeline in the canon of where this takes place? Yeah, so Dragon Ball Z spans um, multiple like enemies, right? Multiple different series within Dragon Ball Z. So I don't know where it starts. I think it starts with Nap. Is it Nappa? No. It starts with one of the Saiyans, and then it expands basically the entirety of the Dragon Ball Z anime in terms of the villains. So it takes place, like, throughout the majority of the series. So you're going to fight all of the iconic dudes that you know, Goku and the, the Z fighters, brr, who they go after. And what's cool about it, too, is that they're including some pretty iconic um, filler content. So what's so great about Dragon Ball Z is you have, obviously, the fights that last... 15 episodes or so it's ridiculous but then in between those you have these really funny chill low-key moments and one of the most iconic moments i think in the series is when goku and piccolo the green guy the namek they learn to drive using chi chi which is goku's wife's car and it's a really really funny part in the anime and they're actually including those in there as well as new characters and new events as well so it, yeah I, i'm oh, it's gonna be so good <laughs> it's gonna be so good i'm, so I'm excited. excited for your excitement Thanks. Oh, is it Broly? Hold on. I'm going to find. keep going, but I'm going to find out who the um, person, the first enemy Goku fights is. Sure. So that kind of um, wraps up January. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of other things coming out, but smaller titles. January, traditionally a pretty quiet month for video games. Every once in a while, we'll get a, a standout like a Monster Hunter World, for example, um, or Resident Evil 2 Remake. But February is really kind of where the release calendar starts to pick up some steam. So uh, Raditz is where it Go starts. ahead. It's just Raditz. That's all you have to know. People will know what I'm talking about out there. Are you saying rabbits? Rat. R a d i t z. Radish. Okay. Oh, okay. Not radish. Not rabbit. I know it's okay. weird. There's yeah. some weird Raving names in the series. What? Yeah, I was oh. like bunny. <laughs> uh, those guys are the best. Um, so. Uh, a game that I'm incredibly excited for that's coming in February 2020 is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So I remember when Ori at the Blind Forest released on Xbox One, just a beautiful platformer, super tight mechanics, and generally speaking, I'm not a huge platform Metroidvania fan, but the way that they created the world of Ori and the Blind Forest just really enraptured me. And the music was fantastic and the story was great. And I really liked the way that they incorporated the different combat elements as you progressed through the game. And now we are getting the follow-up to that, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And this is also coming to Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, I also really loved Ori and the Blind Forest. So I was stoked when they announced the sequel. However, I'm a little like apprehensive only because... This is not going to be an easy game because the first game was not easy and I died 
probably over a hundred times in the very first um like boss section where you're basically being chased by the water and like it coming for you and you just gotta run into the blindness like you can't see where you're going you just have to it's learned by death um yes which at the time i mean i was at a very different part of my life when that game came out and i think i was just way more patient and i had more time so even then i was like throwing my controller i was livid (laughs) but i got through it i'm a little scared that i won't have that same patience if there's more of that um in this game and there was no difficulty setting on ori at least the original i don't think they are doing that here either as far as i'm aware i don't remember but um so yeah i'm like oh this game was so beautiful and for the most part very fun except for those stupid boss sections where i wanted to rip my hair out so i feel like i will enjoy this game for a while i am that but that is a it is a concern point for me it's interesting that you say that because i think that it's important to remember how different of a company Xbox is today than it was when Ori and the Blind Forest came out. And I say that when we talk about difficulty in the lens of accessibility and how Microsoft has gone above and beyond to make sure that accessibility is a focus for the games that are coming to their platform, making sure that as many games as possible have... Um, accessibility options for the Xbox One adaptive controller and for other uh, other types of disabilities that gamers have when they're playing games. And so I hope that the strides that Xbox and Microsoft as a company have made since the original Ori came out will make it so that Ori and the Will of the Wisps is more accessible to more players. I have to imagine that's the case. That's a good point. Though I, yeah. I have looked at it online to see if they've specifically mentioned what the accessibility features are, and I can't seem to find like a bullet point list. It's also possible that as of us recording this, they haven't completely locked those features down, but that hopefully by the time the game launches in February that they will have announced what the accessibility features are. Yes. I hope so, because that's... One of the reasons why I, I tried Ori and the Blind Forest back in the day and I cried in the beginning like I'm sure everyone else did. But then I started getting frustrated and I just did not have time for that. So I stopped playing and then hearing about how Simer threw her controller and I was just like, yeah, that reminds that, that does not sound good right now. So hopefully there it's, are some. It's hard because like for the most part, the game isn't like that. And it is mm-hmm. like a very beautiful, chill platformer at metrovania side whatever like you're going and you're picking up your new power-ups and you just kind of are remembering where the map and everything is and like that part is all wonderful it was just like those sections that are massive difficulty spikes which i managed to get through obviously but at the same time like i already said i had had a lot more time back then (laughs) i had a lot more patience back then too like so i don't know man i i want i definitely want to finish this game um but time will time will tell how Mm -hmm. it goes Mm -hmm. all right i think the most important game in february has to be best friend forever which is not only a dating simulator it is a dog petting simulator too. So you get to date people and then meet their dogs. And I don't know if you could make a more perfect game. 
I feel as if they've done it and we should just stop making video games from here on out because how do you top that? I, I don't know if you do, Simer. I just don't know if you do. So I played this at PAX. Right, I played at PAX. It feels like that was forever ago. So I'm trying to recall some of the main points about my demo. But no, it was just a really cute, feel-good dating sim kind of game. And I met, there's a dating app that I think you use to fill out your dating profile. It's a dating profile you fill out. And then, remember? oh yeah, I remember this. I was showing, these, showing photos of this during our panel. So you fill out your dating profile, and then it's like, okay, here you are, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to date people, and then you get to train your dog in between the dates. So it's kind of like you have your days where you're like, okay, today I'm going to go talk to this person, or I'm going to spend time with my dog and like train them up. And I was essentially time with your dog. I know it's going to be a way better time for you. Better than people. (laughs) And I remember asking, you know, is there any way you can kind of like screw this up? Like, can you make it so your dog isn't like good enough to like beat the game or something like that? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, don't worry. You don't even have to stress about that. The derpiest dog can find love. Yes. And that's what I'm all about. No, this does look really good. This might be a game we... We might play this for maybe one of our I would. I that feel would like fun. it would be fun to stream, especially after Bat Dad. The Adventures of Bat yes. Dad. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> back the voice. Uh, no, it, it would so have good. to be a new character. It would, it would be a new, a new adventure. I don't know who the protagonist is yet, but we will figure that out. Yes, we will. Maybe it's exactly. a... Maybe it's a... Maybe... Uh-oh. Is it a John Wick meet gets finds love because he's got his dog friend? This is like an Ooh. alternate happy universe where the dog is. Oh alive. my god, Simer! <laughs> a man of few words. I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But that's an idea. Just throwing that mm-hmm. one out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna tuck that one away and, and let it simmer <laughs> a little bit. It's good. That's a good one. I, I like it. Um, yeah, no, February has a couple of other interesting things that are currently on the docket too. Uh, we've got the Iron Man VR game coming from Marvel that's on PSVR that a lot of people were raving about when they got to try it. Um, there's also um, the One Punch game. Wait, no, One Punch. I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of One Piece. Ooh, yes. One Punch Man, though. That also looks fun. That's a great anime. Um, and then there was something else I thought in February... I mean, there's a lot of other games listed here. I just don't know which one you are interested in. <laughs> no, maybe it wasn't in February. I think it's um, I think it's March is the month is when it's, is is like a pretty stacked month because originally March was I think the wasn't the game that announced first in March Animal Crossing, and then Final Fantasy, and then Doom Eternal comes in and is like, hey, we're here too, guys. Hey guys, was this a party? Because we're gonna get it started. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what that voice was. But. Well, <laughs> Brittany, which game are you more excited for, Animal Crossing or Final Fantasy VII Remake? I have to be more excited for a Final Fantasy VII Remake because I've actually like played that and I love Final That's Fantasy true, VII. Yeah. And I, yeah, Animal Crossing, I've only had a few interactions with Animal Crossing. And the most recent one, well, I think, was just late last year when I was playing on my 3DS. And the game it didn't actually hook me the way I thought it would. There wasn't enough direction, I think. I need, you know, what I love about the farming games is, okay, you have, like, this derelict farm. You got to build it up into something. And then along the way, build a relationship with villagers. And you have maybe a couple years to do that. And then, woo, you have something to work for. In Animal Crossing, it was just more, it felt more, hey, exist. 
go like go on through your bad self and live your best life. And I didn't really know what I was working working towards, so I didn't have a lot of oh, direction. Oh no, too real, too real too for real. Brittany. <laughs> it was too this real. I'm like, I need a farm. Just like, go out and do stuff, and you're like, but I, what? Do I, I can I, only. I, what do I do? I, oh god. This too much I was like, it was interesting though because I thought I had always avoided those these games because I thought I would just get way too hooked on it. But I'm like, okay, I can only shake so many trees a day and like dig up so many acorns and change my interior design so many times. Like, what the fuck is the point of this? So I'm You're supposed to like get bigger houses and like then yeah, get, you're basically it's the American dream. Get yourself more and more into debt. Continue working for the rest of your life to pay it off. See, too and, real, man. but have too a real. real nice house and a real mean landlord yeah so i guess i'd be interested because i know there's a lot of people who are very much looking forward to <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> but life. it's all so cutesy that you're like well maybe it's not so bad i feel as i think it's just <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> i don't know where you're going cool. but i love everything so I'm <laughs> anywho yeah that's animal crossing that, so we'll see. I, I want to know why people play in the sense, like, what, what keeps drawing you back to it? Why do you keep... I mean, is it just you want to get the biggest house with the nicest interior decor or what? I don't know. But uh, we'll see. We, yeah, we will the see. only one I played was the phone one, the phone version. Oh. And that was not very exciting, and I stopped playing that immediately. But I am excited to try this on my Switch because I do think animal crossing would be a game that i would enjoy now maybe i'll go the way of britney and be like i need more direction in my life someone tell me what to do like what am i working for (laughs) someone tell me the meaning of this poor sad life i don't know (laughs) oh Um, my god (laughs) tom nook you little bastard (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but i am very excited and maybe it's just because chrissy teigen is excited and i want to be excited along with chrissy teigen and then that way i could pretend like we're friends and that is a happy thought for me so we're just we're gonna go with that um i obviously though am very also excited for final fantasy 7 remake because yes. i never made it through final fantasy 7 um i started playing it on uh ryan clements he and i used to work back at ign on his playstation and then i didn't go over to his house ever again so <laughs> i didn't finish that game well, <laughs> it's the way that normally works and you then they switch yeah I was, no why why would i at this point i'm gonna play the remake because uh, it looks way better and that's fair no that's fair it was really it was fun to play um the only thing that i know i'm going to be slight well it's a double-edged sword the fact that it's only part of the game because i'm going to be irritated that i have to wait a long time to get the next installment but then at the same time it means it will be a um accessible amount of content for me and like a more realistic amount of content for me to get through so Mm. i it works i guess right i i'm i'm hesitating because i feel like i heard something where they're expecting the first disc to be like 30 to 40 hours yeah that's fine which is fine but it's still like, and what's interesting about that is we've talked about it before. Maybe I made that up, but I feel like I read somewhere, somewhere, I can't find there's too many articles, is that you can get through this first section that they're expanding in maybe like five to seven hours in um, in the first game. So they're adding a lot of content. But no, Simon, I'm with you. I there, Like you said, no point in just playing this if you're playing the original, obviously, if the remake is coming out. And if you've never played Final Fantasy VII before, I think this is a great way to hop in and if the new combat freaks you out there is turn-based combat turn-based combat they've added it back 
So if you want to go that route, you can, which is very exciting. My grandma is very excited about that. And just for me. Just for you. No, it looks so, so good. And I, I just can't wait for it. I just can't wait to be, to be cloud. King. Yes. It says King here cloud. that from back from E3, um, director Yoshinori Kitase reported by Game Informer said that it's supposed to be about 30 hours or so in length. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> that, <laughs> sure. I winked in case uh, you were wondering what that weird awkward pause was Um, so what about Doom Eternal this is a game that was originally slated to come out in November of 2019 was supposed to be a Google Stadia launch title now has been pushed because id software said we need more time we want to make sure it has the id level of polish that people come to know and expect from us as a studio so now it's happening the same day as Animal Crossing New Horizons. Two very and different games. Wildly different games. I still am excited to play Doom, but when Doom 2016 came out, I had to take it in very small chunks because it was very intense. Literally. And Doom Eternal also looks to be just as intense, if not more so. Yeah, um, man. When we were playing, um, when was that? I don't know. Earlier this year. I it took uh, me Judges a, Week, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judges Week. There was definitely a toward the end of all of the levels, I got into the groove finally and I was like, okay, focused. I'm like swinging you because you have to keep moving. You can't like <laughs> you cannot stand still. You will die. And <laughs> mm-hmm. um as I'm like running around, I'm like, okay, I've got the hang of this. But then I put it, my controller down and I was like, that was really intense. <laughs> like that was a lot to go through and i think honestly if this game was 10 hours long i would be infinitely more excited for it but i think they're saying it's around 20 oh really to me that's that's a that's a long time for a first person shooter and especially for one of this intensity where you do have to keep moving or you're just dead um and you also have to keep in mind like okay you have to kill them this way to refill this or to do that and um there's a there's a lot going on in the noggin of yours while you're running around shooting demons that's true. Yes. Go ahead. No, no. After you. Okay. I'll say typically for me to be excited about a shooter, it's generally the story that I have to follow. You know, I, that's something I love about the Call of Duty campaigns is they're bite-sized campaigns, typically like five to six hours, but there's generally very story-driven. and That's exciting for me. Doom, I don't give a shit about what's happening in that game. All I know is that when I play that game, I feel so empowered. I feel like I could rip the world in half. It's just with the music and then the, the gunplay. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't get enough. I play that game purely just to shoot stuff. And for me, that's really rare. So I think that just speaks volumes about how amazing Doom is and how much of a badass it makes you feel. You've got the rock music in the background. You're just knocking heads off. And I'm just laughing like a crazy lady on the couch. You're like myself. doing flips with your guns. You're like, oh, yeah. Let me just use these monkey bars real quick. And I'll yeah. Do <laughs> a monkey. fucking flip. And you're like, what? How do you? OK, sure. Yeah. This all makes perfect sense. I love it. Nope, makes no sense. And that's why it's so great. Yeah. It doesn't need to make sense. It it's good old-fashioned, stupid fun. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's the run-and-gun gameplay that it really pioneered, right? And I thought it was interesting when we got a chance to talk to some of the team at id, you know, Marty Stratton in particular, who's the executive producer, him walking us through this demo and saying really medium difficulty is where we want people to start. And then if it's too intense for you, it's too much for you to drop it down. And when we LOL. were playing our, our, our playthrough, I dropped that 
down to to baby as a baby mode right away because I got my ass <laughs> whooped on. I stuck medium. with it. I, I stuck with it. I stayed on whatever. Yeah, the medium level was and made it through. But I don't know that I would play again. It's like if it was this was like a ten hour game. Sure, maybe I could get through that. But we were talking eighteen to twenty something. I'm like, no, I, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, and it's also I a appreciate lot of tra- what you're trying to do, but no. <laughs> it's also a lot of practice, right? And that's the thing about Doom that people love so much about the way that they've designed the first-person shooter gameplay is that you know they've made it so that you have to be actively participating if you're going to survive on those you know higher difficulty levels. Like you have to be concentrated on when you're meleeing enemies, when you're reloading. Mm-hmm when you're doing finishing moves because all of those contribute to your armor drops, your health drops, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. And I think that's what is so genius about the way that they've designed it because they said, yeah, on its surface level, it looks like it's brainless. But in reality, if you want to survive and make it through, it's actually not. You have to be conscious of the decisions that you're making when you're approaching enemies. And I think that that contributes to why people love Doom as a franchise so much and especially what they've done with the reboots since the 2016 Doom. So I'm glad that they took the extra time that they needed. I'm definitely going to play this game, um, but <laughs> maybe just in small, small doses. <laughs> yeah, I think actually the, well, it's not the hardest part, but the part I found the most frustrating was actually some of the platforming, though. Like there was a section where we had to, there were like floating platforms and we were trying to get from one area to the other. And there was like a tiny friggin' window that you would have to drop down and then shoot across to and then go across i remember this section very well because i died a billion times in it and i was just like come on man give me a break the demons aren't getting me but this platforming sure (laughs) is um but yeah i mean like like you said andrea i think the fact that you do it's very cerebral game even though it doesn't necessarily look like it and that's part of why it is a game that you need to you need to take like smaller gameplay times with because it's your brain's going to melt out of your ears, kids. Be careful. Exactly. I want to take a quick break to thank another one of our awesome sponsors for this episode. It's me undies. We made it, you guys. The holidays came and went so fast. And of course, while they will be missed, we also think it's time to just throw on some comfy pants and chill the F out. Me Undies wants you to treat yourself to some self care and truly relax after that crazy hustle and bustle this holiday season in the softest undies and loungewear on earth. Literally so soft, it should be illegal. But thankfully, it's not because I would have to be arrested for how many pairs of Me Undies onesies that I own. It's a secret. So, you guys know that we've been talking about Me Undies on Wiskin Games for quite a few months now, and it's because they're one of our favorite brands to work with because the product is just undeniably amazing. I have gotten my husband hooked on Me Undies boxers and onesies. It's pretty much all he lives in. I even got him the membership so he can get a brand new pair of boxers every month. But I'm telling you, they really shine with their fantastic prints and their cozy loungewear because you guys i don't have to tell you it's cold outside it gets dark at like 4 p.m hello darkness my old friend i know we're about to be on the other side of that darkness hump but we're still there that means long nights of playing games in your underwear and me undies wants you to know that they'll bring you some real comfort in the chilly months ahead with sizes xl excuse me 
for XL down to extra small. With plenty of brand new products, the options for getting cozy are endless. Now, when they say cozy, they mean it. With undies that are three times softer than the cotton in the cutest wintry prints and colors, of course. Um, did we mention that they're super soft? Because they are. And what my favorite part about the MeUndies products are, when it comes to loungewear, sometimes it just makes you sweaty. It's cold and you want to be warm, but then you put the warm stuff on and then you're too hot and then you take it off and then you're cold again. And it's this giant dance, but you won't be doing that with your MeUndies onesies. I have them in like five different prints because I love this product so much that even I pay full price for them. But you guys don't have to because What's Good Games listeners are getting a special offer at MeUndies.com slash WGG. That means you can get the wintry season prints. You can cozy up in their new robes for men and women. And you can even treat your feet in their new soft slippers. And of course, match your whole family with their cute new baby bodysuit. It's adorbs. Plus, they've got brand new prints, cozy new products. Me Undies is going to keep you comfy and covered all winter long. As I mentioned, if you go to MeUndies.com slash WGG, you will get 15% off your first purchase plus free shipping. And it's always backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you guys have been waiting to pull the trigger on your MeUndies onesie, what are you waiting for? Stop waiting. Get the one that matches me, Britton Steimer, the strawberry print. They've got a s'mores print. They've got coffee cups. They've got elf. They've got snowman. They've got plaid. They've got unicorns, you guys. They have everything your heart could possibly desire. MeUndies.com slash WGG. MeUndies.com slash WGG gets you 15% off, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And just remember... You guys going to our link for MeUndies help support everything we do here at What's Good Games. We know that there's other people that are out there advertising their deals for MeUndies. But remember, when you go to MeUndies.com slash WGG, you're not only getting a fantastic deal on an awesome product, you're helping support everything we do here at What's Good Games. Um, so, Brittany, what is this thing that you've <laughs> added to the end of the list here? Oh, why, Andrea, it's another anime or a game based off of an anime. So Fairy Tale is a long-running anime series that I have kind of fallen in love with over the years. It follows a group of characters who are known as wizards, and they are people who can use magic. And these wizards each have their own guilds, and these guilds kind of coexist in this world. And they essentially just take on jobs to build up their guilds to make themselves like bigger and better, like the coolest guild in all the realms whoa and then of course along the way in the anime there are major story arcs and like oh my god you're you're really cool and important we have to save you oh no bad person you know typical anime stuff but it sounds whoa? like whoa it sounds like in this game because like it's coming out relatively i mean march and we don't know too much about it yet but i'm reading the blurb and it's gonna I mean, get pushed i know i don't think okay. so i think yeah from what we've seen we, it, there's everything we've seen makes it look like it's like a nice shiny polished thing but i think they're just kind of slowly trickling out info but um you complete requests strengthen friendships and upgrade the guild's facilities to increase the guild rank the higher the rank the more challenging the requests are fight and prevail to become the number one guild in the kingdom of fior and beyond so again this is another one of those series that i feel like would have made a really good video game and especially an rpg like they are making it and so it's just uh, another exciting time for Brittany. another exciting title for me i'm getting dragon ball z kakarot i'm getting fairy tale and 
Andrea, I I don't think you'll like this at all. But Steimer, I would look into this if I if I were you. It, it, just look into it. I think it's something that you actually would enjoy a lot. Well, it's called fairy tale, and you're saying magic, so I'm yeah. usually down for that. This is like the year of anime, isn't it? We got Dragon uh, Ball, we got One Punch, and then we have One Piece. So there's a uh, One Piece game in March. <laughs> fairy tale. Right? Oh, it's a great time fairy to be tale. alive, ladies and gentlemen. Strap in. Yeah, we're gonna, man. We're gonna turn Andrea into a little uh, waifu. By the time this is all done, a wife and a lover. Oh, he like I'm not already. Come uh, on now. Touche. <laughs> Love see, you. See, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's continue on, shall we? There's so much more to talk about when we're discussing the most anticipated for 2020. So we've gotten through Q1. Pretty big Q for games and we've been seeing that the beginning of the year has become a more popular time than it has ever been to release games but still we've got so many more games down the line so we've already talked about cyberpunk 2077 which is out in april um trials of mana is also out in april april Mm -hmm. Brittany, does that blow your skirt up at all it does I'm excited about it. It's not like the most anticipated one of mine, but you know, so the, the the mana collection just came out not that long ago on Switch, and in that included Seiken De- Desito Desitu. I don't know. It's it was a Japanese only installment of that franchise, but it finally came stateside, and they renamed it to Trials of Mana. And what Trials of Mana is this upcoming one is a remake of that game that we just got. It's kind of confusing, but I played it at Summer. You. You're, I, you I was there too. with you. Yeah, was I that PAX? Uh, yes, pa- I think it was PAX. Yeah, I think it was PAX West. No, it, it looks. You know, it looks like a fine JRPG. I'm not expecting capital you know, F fine. Capital F fine. I mean, granted, what I did play was early, but it. You know, like I said, yeah, no, that's like, that's how it struck me too. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Unless they a- do something like crazy cool new with it, I don't see it. You know, being anything spectacular, but I think it will be. You know, a fun throwback to games of old. It'll cool. be a good Switch game. Mm-hmm. So moving on to May, we've already discussed The Last of Us Part 2, which is happening at the very end of the month, right before E3. Thanks, PlayStation and Naughty Dog. That's very kind of you. Uh, slash it's not. Um, but another game that we've talked about a couple times on this show that we have enjoyed our time with is Marvel's Avengers from Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix. Of course, that's coming on May 15th, 2020. What do you ladies think about Avengers? I know it's kind of been a divisive game that some people have been really excited about it. Others have been not so much so. I mean, I think their first showing was not great. Mm-hmm. I, I think they really got off on the wrong foot. Um, but after seeing it and um, getting some more time with it at PAX West, I am super stoked for this game. And I just, I want it. And I want to team up and like, Become the Avengers and fight crime because why would you not want that superpower? <laughs> like, I want to be a superhero, but just for a minute. I don't want to be a superhero all the time. That's a lot too of much responsibility. responsibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's way too much going on there. But I'm also curious to see um, what sort of storyline they've built here and like their take on the Avengers because obviously we've had a lot. Uh, we've had a lot of the Avengers over the years with all of the movies. So there could be a bit possible, you know, a little bit of fatigue there for some people, which I would understand. And there was obviously that knee jerk reaction of why doesn't this look like the actors that I know? Uh, Cause they but, did. Cause, 
because they are not in this universe. Um, that would be an alternate universe, everybody. So please don't, please do not email the developers asking for why. Okay, goodbye. Um, <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So I am. I'm very, very stoked about the Avengers. I think it'll be good old fashioned fun, and hopefully, it will. Tell me a good story that I haven't, you know, heard Already before. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm the one who is really apprehensive when it comes to superhero video games. As you ladies know, I'm not the biggest superhero fan in general. I wasn't even sure if I would like Marvel Spider-Man. Turns out it was like one of my favorite games last oh my God, year. That so- game was so fun. Oh, it was so good. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to play it because when I did play it at PAX, I remember going into it with like, well, we'll see how this goes. Open mind, open heart. And I remember walking away being really, um, really surprised by how much I enjoyed my time with it. You know, we got to play many different characters and the combat for each character felt very unique, very different, very intuitive. And especially when I was Hulk and I was just like running around smashing everything and everyone. He was fun. Yeah. You're just like, wee! Yeah. And I think I'm not entirely sure because it's been a while. So my memory's fuzzy. But I know you have the campaign area, and then you have the other areas you can go to and do missions with friends and whatnot. Yeah, they're right. ba- basically like campaign parts and then uh, group. There, there's two group different parts. kinds of missions, right? There's yeah. the, the narrative-based missions that are kind of crafted experiences where you have to play a set hero. And then there's the co-op missions that you can choose which hero you want to play as, but your progression carries forward no matter which That's missions right. you're playing. So you're able to level up specific heroes. So if you only ever want to play Thor, when you get to that story mission with Thor, all of your progression is weighing into what you're going to experience combat wise in that mission from what we've heard from Crystal Dynamics so far. And I'm with you. I think that so far what we've played looks really fun and has been fun. And I agree, Steimer, that their showing at E3 was probably not the best foot forward. And I think a lot of that had to con- or contribute was contributed by the fact that they didn't explain what the game was very well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is coming from me, the person who moderated the Avengers showcase at E3, you know, trying to get some answers from the team and not knowing if the game just wasn't ready to be talked about in detail or if they were still trying to figure out how to message it. Clearly, we're going to see a lot more from this game before it comes out in May. got quite a few more months to go, and I hope that they let press get a deeper hands-on with the co-op stuff in particular so that we can really see how it's going to flow together. I remember watching the demo, and Steimer, I think you were with me, right, for this? Yeah. It almost felt a little like Destiny in a sense, didn't it? With all the gear and stuff you'd be picking up and the missions you'd go on and you run into different characters. I remember getting that vibe from it, which I think could work really well with this game. So yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm going to really enjoy it. As long as there's a camp- a narrative-focused campaign, I've learned that's all I really need to keep me focused on something. And that's why I think I like Spider-Man so much, is because it was like, oh my god, the story completely sucked me in. I can't wait to dress all my characters in funny costumes. Oh my god, yes. And then have really serious moments happen in the story while I'm wearing like a <laughs> top hat wall. or some shit. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I'm excited for that too because they have such a deep bench of costumes to pull from from the Marvel universe, so should be an interesting selection of cosmetics if if nothing else. Yeah, let's but, get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. So here's the thing. After May, 
we don't really have a lot of concrete dates, just a lot of summer 2020, late 2020, holiday 2020. So, And there's also some games that haven't really been announced yet that we could probably anticipate happening in the later part of next year. So of the things that we know are happening, so we've already talked about Dying Light, even though we don't have a release day. We anticipate by the end of May we'll have released. But things that are coming that I think are ones to watch For me, I was really intrigued by Outriders when it was debuted at the Square Enix Showcase. And this was something to me that really kind of came out of nowhere. Actually, was this at the Xbox One Showcase? I do not remember. I I I can't remember. I feel like it was at Square. I thought it was at Square, yeah. So obviously Square Enix is the publisher, but People Can Fly is the studio making this game. So that, of course, is the studio behind Bulletstorm, which was a super fun first-person shooter, and Gears of War Judgment. Outriders, according to an article from Polygon back at E3, will be the company's first new project separating from Epic Games in 2015. And it's a game that they've had in their heads ever since that moment, said the studio head, Sebastian Wojciechowski? That's definitely wow. not how you say his last that name. That is enough. a Polish last name that you butchered. Uh, it's definitely got a lot of consonants. So, uh, yes, they are. their offices are in Poland, the UK, and the US. So Outriders is a co-op game for up to three people that features a kind of alien look. And supposedly, it's also got nods to... Marvel. So apparently, according to this article from Engadget, the Outriders are a genetically engineered species tied to the Marvel Universe, but Marvel was conspicuously conspicuously absent during the E3 announcement last summer. So we don't know if this is actually tied to the Outriders in the Marvel Universe or if it's something standalone or an original story by People Can Fly. But I was intrigued because I love sci-fi stuff and I love shooters and I had a ton of fun with Bulletstorm. So if it's any of that like fast-paced, wacky, off-the-wall gameplay, I'm I'm in. Sign me up. Well, it's also co-op. So like, hey, girl, hey. Yeah, it looks like three-player drop-in, drop-out co-op. Yeah. I, hey, I always like a co-op shooter. I'm always in for that. So, okay, no, wait. Outriders, is that already an established thing in the Marvel Universe? According to Outriders are the things that they fight in Endgame where they're like coming through the bubble. They're like coming through the Wakanda shield. Mm. I haven't seen Endgame. (laughs) Oh, well, never mind. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they've got like multiple arms and they're gross looking and they all... According to MarvelCinematicUniverse.Fandom.com... The Outriders are a mindless species of aliens subservient to Thanos and the Black Order used to fight in the Battle of Wakanda and the Battle of Earth. Yeah. They're like the hu- like husky type things that just run at the barrier. And then like they have to slice through them with a whole bunch. Wait, if you haven't seen this movie, why am I trying to explain it to you? I don't know. <laughs> I'll just smile and nod, baby girl. Just keep talking to Because you're me. just like... Arr-oop. I just smile and nod. Never I mind. imagine that they are not related, that the Marvel Outriders are not related yeah. to what's happening in People Can Fly's game. I'm guessing it's just just a name share, that's all. Just a coincidence. Okay. Coinky dink. A coinky yes. dink. Well, that looks- we don't use the word coinky dink enough anymore. I'm just going like to say it. Word. We should bring, bring it back. back. Yes. Let's bring I'm it back. I agree. I'm with you. 
Um, the other game I'm looking forward to is Gods and Monsters. This was supposed to come out February of 2020. It's by the team who makes Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And it was debuted during E3 Ubisoft's press conference. And people describe it as a Breath of the Wild slash Assassin's Creed Odyssey E, probably because of the feel and look of the game in certain regards. And while Breath of the Wild, like, obviously was never my favorite Zelda game, I think if something kind of took those mechanics and didn't make it a Zelda game, I might, like, really, really be into it. And plus, I love, you know, big open world fantasy adventure games anyway. And it sounds like this is a game where you get to customize your character and it's going to be storytelling and other mechanics are going to be more akin to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So whereas, you know, I know I keep using Breath of the Wild, but everyone's talking about it. So like where Breath of the Wild isn't so story focused, it sounds like this game, while it might have that look to it, it's going to be more story focused and have more of those ACO um, mechanics to it. Yeah, it just has a more cartoony sort of art style than, say, an Assassin's Creed usually exactly. does. Exactly. Oh, it looks so pretty, though. I would love yeah, the, to the, hear something the about this. The blurb from PlayStation.com is, From the creators of Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes a storybook adventure about a forgotten hero on a quest to save the Greek gods. Embark on a journey to the Isle of the Blessed. Combat mythological creatures and defeat Typhon, the deadliest monster in Greek mythology, in a face-off for the ages. That bastard. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but it looks really good. It looks like a total, you know, like Brit game. I uh, hopefully we'll hear something on it soon. But alas. yeah, this looks very charming and like it could be a nice, relaxing game where you are just like, yeah, I kill you and then I kill you, you harpies, you get out of here, get off my lawn, <laughs> get out of my ruins. <laughs> Samer, you have been on a roll lately. I love you so much. I'm just really tired. This I know. I love. I loved. I almost said I love Steimer Timer, but I don't Steimer know. Steimer Timer. Wow. Okay. I think Andrew is the only sober one here in the terms of I'm on Sudafed. Steimer's on sleep deprivation. Andrew has an ear infection. Never mind. Yeah, we're it's true. All, that am, a little worse. That amoxicillin life. It's great. <laughs> um. So, what do you guys think about? Tell me why. This is the new uh-huh. game from Don't Nod that was debuted at XO19 that features very much a similar art style that we've seen to Life is Strange and what we can anticipate potentially being a similar game gameplay mechanic style as well. I'm very excited for it because I, what I love about these games is that they allow you to step into the shoes of someone that you might... You, it allows you to walk the path of someone you might not have ever walked before. I don't know if that makes any sense. It, you know, you can exp- like look at Max and Chloe, what they went through. And with Life is Strange, too, you know, you're playing as two brothers going through some major shit. And to be able to play Tell Me Why through the lens of a transgender character, which is something I don't know if I've ever had the opportunity to do before, I think it's incredibly exciting, especially since Don't Nod has said, you know, we, we're working with the right organizations. We're doing our homework. You know, this isn't a gimmick. And I think it's... It's really cool, and I'm looking forward to having that experience. Samesies. Yeah, yeah, girl. I made a Backstreet Boys joke on Twitter about this title. You did. But I was and also you're... drunk in a bar. I was saying, then you also said you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and that if no one understood your reference, that they can just forget about you or like not be your yeah, friend Yeah, I was or like, something. you get out of my life. I don't need you around. 
Mm-hmm. But now so, I'm like, I'm actually realizing I don't know if I ever went back and soberly watched this trailer. Oh, you should. <laughs> I was just you like, should. I was like, it's, it's good. Not. I'm in. Like, I'm probably, you know, like whatever. It's fine. But now that I we're sitting here talking, I'm like, oh, I don't think I actually watched this one. What was the rare one where there was like animals? Everwilds? Everwilds. I think. Everwilds. There's Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds, Everwilds, and that game outward. From stop Earth. using that word. <laughs> Um, the other game I am looking forward to hearing more about, hopefully, is Ghost of Tsushima. I, yeah, man. I want to yeah. know where, yeah. where this game is. I want it in my face. It just looks really good. I love Feudal Japan, and I love that whole time era. And I hope we get to play this. I'm sure late 2020. This seems like a PS5 launch title, like, ripe for the picking. You right? think so? Yeah, hopefully. Yes. Well, they need something for a holiday, right? And so we will hopefully find out more in early spring or late winter whatever you know if that rumor is correct about the playstation 5 reveal event but they have to launch with something big because there's just so much competition now that we've seen that consoles do better when they have a flagship first party triple a title to launch alongside them and i think that sony's probably looking back at their line up for what they launched with with PS4 and if they could start their next generation with a title as strong as Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch, one of their flagship studios, that would be a great way to kind of like kick the door down and be like, we're here, next gen. Yeah. Speaking of launching next gen, Halo Infinite. Oh boy. Yeah, man. Oh, boysers. I'm just, I'm really excited about this one for a multitude of reasons, but Primarily because I think 343 learned what worked and what didn't work with the last Halo, Halo 5. Correct. And I'm like, oh, there's so many, I can't keep count. With Halo 5, specifically, you know, the multitude of characters, like all the characters and the focus wasn't so much on Chief. And it just didn't, it wasn't my favorite Halo game. So it sounds like they've heard all our feedback and that they're going to be implementing that into Halo Infinite and give us kind of like that that core halo experience that we want and i want to know what the hell is up with cortana she's she crazy she crazy oh she real crazy <laughs> something's wrong with yeah. her i'm excited she needs for a halo snickers as well. bar, i believe is what it, it is oh yeah chill out have a snickers she's not the same when she's hungry <laughs> this show is not brought to you by snickers but if they would like to drop us some money for what i just did there i would be much appreciated thank you goodbye thank you or just send us a case of snickers we'll take no, that too snickers ice cream though the snickers mm. ice cream bars dang those yes. are the, those are way better than the candy bars oh they're so decadent though <laughs> oh my so gosh good. just don't ever look at the nutritional information oh no no, 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 no. bliss i was pissed <laughs> i once back in the day when i used to eat more of those than i would care to admit um I got a box that had no peanuts in it and I was what? livid and then I was like surely this, this will not happen again and I got another box and that also had no peanuts in it and I then stopped buying them and I haven't had one since. Well, I feel so, like then we Snickers. just have to buy a box the next time we're all in the same room together. Or they could send us a make good box is all I'm saying. Listen, we need to stop with these empty promises to ourselves. We still haven't watched Fortnite porn. We still haven't bought edible undies. Oh my goodness! We do okay, none I'll of the things we say we're going to do, and it makes me sad. I will. I will make the Snickers ice cream bars and the edible undies happen okay. for the streams at Ooh. the end of December. It's happening. Perfect. It's nice. done. Boom! Perfect. <laughs> Making a commitment right now. Okay. Oh my god. Um, 
indefinitely it's going to be an Amazon Prime now order that I make last minute because I'm going to forget and then I'm going to remember late. Can you okay. Amazon anyway. Prime Snickers yep. ice cream bars? <laughs> no, <laughs> for the edible undies. Oh, oh, Actually, oh. no, there's just sort of like a, rom- a romance store like down the street from here. So Perfect. It's fine. Just pop romance. There. Um, so a couple of games that there's a couple on here, I think kind of left that ha- that we think may happen. Obviously we know something's Activision's going to probably do another call of duty. Um, I believe it's sledgehammers turn to make, uh, or is who it just made I'm, one? Wasn't there just yeah. some infinity ward fiasco? Infinity ward. Or, hold on. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember the order in which they go, but Treyarch was, was Treyarch the year before? I thought, yeah, oh with Black, wasn't it Black Ops Four? My brain melds all of them together, so it's hard to say. But then, we yeah, can it anticipate would be, an, another Call of Duty happening. Absolutely. Um, there was originally rumors that um, Battlefront was going to have an outing, but it sounds like whatever Dice is working on is getting pushed to the following year, which I think is the best for everybody. I think Dice needs to maybe take a little bit of a break. Um, mm. But the game that I'm really excited for, that I hope is happening next year on the new consoles is Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. Mm. So we know, we know that Assassin's Creed has been off cycle now for the last couple of years, which is great because we're getting a much bigger offering. Like obviously Assassin's Creed Odyssey was giant, really loved Assassin's Creed origin as well. I think they're going in the right direction. We heard whispers about Ragnarok earlier this year. And now the biggest rumor that we have currently is that Ragnarok is, allegedly going to be announced officially during that PS5 reveal event in February 2020. So this rumor came out just a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, it's still a rumor. It's not official. But we do know that this game is in development because there's <laughs> there's been multiple leaks and sources about it. But what it looks like, we don't know. But I just love the idea of imagining an Assassin's Creed game set in that era or set in that Norse mythology, really pulling from a lot of those things that we saw in God of War and saw, you know, Sony Santa Monica really embrace and do really well. And I think that Assassin's Creed as a franchise is ripe for that because that open world gameplay, being able to bring in some of those more mythological elements that we saw them really lean into in Odyssey, I think would be really cool in an Assassin's Creed game. This is honestly just making me sad that I didn't have time to finish Odyssey. <laughs> I was just Because yeah. I was like, Odyssey was so good. And yeah, yes. I, I would be very excited to see how they take the learnings from Odyssey and incorporate them into Ragnarok. And I'm with you. Like, I've always loved Norse. I love all mythology. Mythology is great in general. So lean into that shit, everybody. Let's just <laughs> roll with it. Um, but yeah, man. Now I'm like, God, I need to. I don't know what I need to do. I guess I could sleep less. But that doesn't seem. <laughs> no, don't do that. Like a good idea either. I'm like, how do I get the time? <laughs> You, you know, need a time turner. Go I do need a time turner. Oh my gosh! I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for me to finish an Assassin's Creed game. I loved Odyssey, what I played of it. I just at some point I always just burn out. And so Ragnarok sounds exciting, but I don't know. I think I think when I play Assassin's Creed game, I just have to just stick to the main story. Yeah, I need to stick start to critical it. pathing more and yeah, stop getting distracted because I I would just be like oh. I want to go over there. I see a tall peak that I believe I may climb and sink with. Okay, cool. Did that. I like, I'm the person who wants to go to all the sink points and like clear the map. 
I can't control but I myself. Need to, I need to not do that, apparently, and just be like, where is my objective? Go. Go to the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, circling back to Call of Duty, because I thought I had read something about this, is the rumor is is that it is supposed to be a Sledgehammer Games um, game, but Treyarch is stepping in because apparently development was not going well, and it's going to be called... So far, it's been called two things. Call of Duty Black Ops, Black Ops 5. It's set during the Cold War, spans the entire 40-plus years, and includes Vietnam and Korean War, described as even more gritty and gruesome than modern warfare. And this is wow. leaked by the dude who um, l- leaked Call of Duty Modern Warfare before it was officially revealed. You know, are the developers okay? Because I feel <laughs> like... I don't understand why they just want to keep getting more and more gruesome and more and more grim. I'm worried about Neil... I'm worried about everybody who's working on Call of Duty. <laughs> I just... Are you okay, dude? Need to talk about it. It's a healthy outlet to get all, all of your anger and frustrations. The people that are fascinated by war stories cannot get enough. That's the thing that I've learned by looking at programming both on cable channels, movies, TV series, docu-series, and now video games. It's like people... It appears have an insatiable appetite for these stories around these real world events. It is something that I find really difficult to revisit because there's a lot of horrific things that have happened in these wars. But I think it's interesting to see how Activision is kind of changing the way that they've developed these games. And I think it's smart of them to maybe change up the formula and make them more gritty to remind people that this was a really horrific thing that happened or these were atrocities to make them more gritty, I think makes grounds them in realism instead of making them more fantasy, which I don't, I think there's obviously a whole nother conversation we could have of, you know, to what degree it might trivialize some of the events that have happened in these wars. And we're not going to jump into that conversation right now, but I'm with you that it may be too intense for some developers to withstand, which is probably why the former co-heads of Sledgehammer were like, you know what? I want to move on. Glenn Schofield and Michael Condry bo- both left. That may have contributed to what's happening at Sledgehammer now. And that the fact that they have, you know, had some changeover in some of their internal staff and why Activision's like, yo, <laughs> go help them, other studios. <laughs> Step in. Yeah, it'll be interesting. This is why we have so many of you. Okay. That's why there's such a wide variety of games. You can make Viva Pinatas for Steimer instead. Dude, I know that there's no, there's not a snowball's chance in hell that it is Aww. happening, but I can only hope and pray that Project Scarlet has some sort of Viva Pinata element announced along with it. Because please, please come back to me, my sweet, lovable Pinatas. Please. <laughs> You're so bright needs. and colorful. I lost 10 to 12 hours a day. You know, just sitting there Holy with crap. all of you. Yeah, there was definitely a day where I sat there for 12 hours and I didn't realize it at all. Wow. I was like, oh, I'll play. I didn't eat. I didn't go to the bathroom. I did nothing. I just sat there. Oh, my God, girl. That's- Which is not good. And in my old age now, it would probably be very bad for me. But when I was in my 20s, it was totally fine. <laughs> Those were the days. I know. Those I were the do days that when I could sit on my ass and farm in a video game and collect all the beautiful, bright, colorful pinatas 
and they would they were in my garden and i was like okay i need to build my fence like this and then i have my little pond area over here and then i'll build up my trees over here and then i do the hack thing where i kick professor pester out of my garden by (laughs) building a wall in a specific place and but then he just stands there and like at you for the entirety of the game which is really obnoxious I th- Anyways, that's your Viva Piata <laughs> download for today. That's a Amazing. good one. I I could not sit for twelve hours when I was playing Pokemon Sword. I had to take little like yoga stretch breaks every like hour and a half because my back was hurting. Yeah, again, I was like twenty three. I don't. I was very young when that happened. <laughs> it's a good time. Um, one more game I want to bring up is Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two. This is developed by Hardsuit Labs, published by Paradox, coming out. Q1 2020, and this is the little blurb. It's an action RPG. Sired in an ancient act of vampire terrorism, your existence ignites the war for Seattle's blood trade. Enter uneasy alliances with the creatures who control the city and uncover the sprawling conspiracy which plunged Seattle into a bloody civil war between powerful vampire factions. So my understanding is that it's... Yeah, yeah, right? But it's a massive open world, and you make choices, and it's very RPG-heavy, and it just sounds like a. I have a. I have a thing for vampire games. Um, I was a big fan of that last vampire vampire game that came out, and I don't know anything really about Vampire: The Masquerade. I think. It, I think it's a tabletop game, and then there is an actual game out called The Masquerade Bloodlines, and this is the sequel to that, and that came out in two thousand four. But it just sounds like another like gritty vampire RPG open world game with lots of choices and consequences. And to me, that sounds really fun. So hopefully we'll hear something about that. I'm too. going to this website now. Damn it is asking me for my age. It's old. Okay. Just let me <laughs> in your website. I am old enough to look at it. Oh, hello, sir. This is a structure I do not think was built in Seattle at this time. So that's a big fat lie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there you go. But a little anachronistic for you, huh? I'm digging this art style. It looks real good. This is sexy, Amy Likey. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Gritty, sexy vampire game where choices I, and I'm consequences. You get to customize your character. Oh, yeah. It looks real good. Very excited. And um, I wonder if they're going to make Seattle an island like Infamous Second Hunted. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't <laughs> That they? cracked me up. They were like, we blew up the bridge. And I was like, so? <laughs> and then he couldn't. Not an swim. island. Not an a island. very you, you powerful just... person that was not able to touch water. I was like, drive <laughs> around it. You can just drive that way Happens. and you'll get there. It's actually faster sometimes because that bridge True. gets very clogged. Anyways, point being, this actually, I haven't watched the trailer, but even just based on the art of the website, I'm like, this looks cool. Mm hmm. That's what I'm Well, thinking. ladies, there has been quite a few games that we've been recapping our anticipation for but what we haven't spoken about yet is these new cons- these new consoles I so know. let's talk about what we're excited about for playstation 5 so we know that it's supposed to be super fast mm-hmm. solid state drive internal that's supposed to make loading a snap and Super slick, magical. But will it be quiet? Because mine won't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's like literally all I want. I, you could talk about teraflops and flops and the drives and the whatever. I don't care. 
All I want is for it to be fast. I want it to be quiet. <laughs> and I want it to... I like the... Um, oh, my God. My brain is, like, totally blanking out. But the halfway asleep mode. But, like, the download... It'll download all your shit mode. Oh, when you put it in rest mode? Rest. Like the suspend? Rest mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Suspend. Those are the things that matter to me in my life. I also would like it to not look stupid. And I feel like the first iteration <laughs> always does. It just looks like a piece it's of shit a big, box. Fat, chunky, clunky. Yeah. Box. Like, I don't know what it is about the initial design that is always kind of awful. And then they'll do the redesign a few years later where it looks way better. And you're like, well, now I need that one because it's way prettier than this ugly piece of crap I got in my box. And like, people can see it. It's part <laughs> of your home decor maybe when you invite someone over you apologize for the <laughs> be like, playstation I'm, I'm so sorry remember the friggin' ps3 that giant yeah. like oh god that was hideous yeah the fatty yeah it's it really not it's kind of how i felt about the original xbox one when I oh we yeah put the xbox one next to the it was ginormous ps4 at launch mm-hmm. yeah it was a beast and then it had that giant brick too yep. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yep Bad yeah. boys sucked up a lot of power. Ooh, that's a, it would be nice if it was, you know, power efficient. Please, okay, yeah, you know, sure. don't have the massive power brick alongside of it. Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a simple woman. I I should care more about what things look like in my house. But as long as the thing runs and it doesn't overheat and it doesn't break when I turn it on. It doesn't burn the house down. It doesn't burn the house down. You know, as long as it works. I and think it doesn't I'm, red ring. Rip. Oh, God. Yep. Remember, oh, those, yeah. those were fun times. Yeah. Oh, that was great. I yeah. wouldn't maybe call that time fun. <laughs> maybe something different to describe that time. Yeah, that red ring Sorry, once. Brittany, continue. No, you reminded me of my red ring of death memory. I was getting ready to play Mass Effect. And <gasps> no. Oh, yeah. So sad. It was, it was a very sad moment. But uh, yeah, basically I'm with Steimer in the sense I just kind of want some more ef- efficiencies. You know, make it make it faster. Make it just better all around. It's weird because I feel like I'm at a point, and maybe I feel this way every generation, but I'm not recalling that. Or I feel like I don't need a new console. I feel yeah. like I'm very content with my Xbox One X and my PS- PS4 Pro, and I feel like games are just still continuing to wow me this late in the generation, where I'm like, do we really even need new consoles already? Is it really that time? But apparently it is. So as long as it just runs the games, I don't really care about the social features. I don't care about the apps. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Just run games and keep, you know, the rest mode thing on, like Simon was saying, and make them good, and I'm happy. I just want to play the games. I think in general, honestly, from both consoles, the thing I want to see improve the most, obviously, tech-wise, yes, I would like for them to run smoother, to for how to have developers be easier wow free, let's reword that sentence to be easier for developers to use and then that way you know you'd get things that run better on it right because if it's a difficult platform mm-hmm. for them to develop for things can not you know not turn out so great sometimes and so those are the kind of the things behind the scenes that i want but both of them in my opinion severely need to work on their ui like the ui mm, yes. on both is garbage and logging on to neither brings me joy. Like, that's not... <laughs> I want to log in and be like, look, God, I want to feel like I felt with my 360. That's what I want. I want to log on and be like, look, look at all my friends. They're all here with me. They're all playing their dumb games. I love these <laughs> idiots. They're my friends. Let's go. And instead, I feel so isolated when I log on to anything. Huh. And... 
I, it just kind of makes me sad. And now I, I go on my that. Xbox and I look, I finally like go through to find where they have all your friends. I don't remember who these people are anymore. Yeah. Sad. Oh, that is kind of sad. I, I do. I'm with you, Steimer. I loved the avatar system that the 360 had. And I hope that whatever Xbox is bringing with Scarlet, that they bring that back. I know they technically have it with Xbox One, but it's so buried in there that it doesn't even feel like it exists. And I would love them to bring that back because I think that there's such uh, an immersiveness to it to be able to like log in, like you said, and see your avatar and what you're wearing and the little prop that you have and then see all your friends' avatars and which game they're playing or if they're sleeping because they've been away or whatever. I thought that that was such a nice, a nice touch that I would love to see come back. Yeah. I'm in a bad spot with my avatar because I can't update it because the minute that I do, I will lose the outfit that I paid for because they did not bring it over. Oh, I have my governor Marley outfit. I'm not getting rid of it. Fight me for it. I can't believe they haven't added that by now. I will. I will never change. <laughs> I will Get never change. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you guys think about a new PSVR? There are rumors that PlayStation is finally ready to potentially unveil whatever is next for their reality, virtual reality headset, even though they have very clearly said PSVR as it is will be compatible with PS5. But do you think it's time for an upgrade? Do you think it matters? Do you think VR gaming is on its way out? Or is it holding steady? I think the last I heard, there is 4.2 million PSVR units sold. So obviously that's not like a small number. Obviously comparing to the 100 million, it doesn't look like a lot. But I think it's definitely time. I think if there's something we've learned is that technology moves very quickly. And if something comes out a few years ago, it's a few years dated, and the technology has already come leaps and bounds in that time. I would love to get a new PSVR headset, but I've also learned about myself that if it's not... Well, wait, I think the rumor on the new PSVR is that it would be wireless. I think I did read that. If that's the case, that gets me a lot more excited, because I just... That's why I like my Oculus Quest. I can just put that bitch on my head and I'm gone. I don't have to sit down and do, 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 plug my thing in and get the sensors on the walls. I don't have to do that. I can just put it on and I'm off slaying monsters. And that's what I want. So I think that's going to be a big deal because I've learned that if, if it's a, if it's not super convenient, I won't touch it. It's like the way I work in life. Is that what she said? No. no. Yes. Yes? No? I don't know. Yes? Eh. Either way. Yes. So if it's cordless, I'll probably get it. If it's not, I think I'll just be a big girl and say, like, I know myself. And if I had to worry about cords and stuff, I even had a separate PS4 for my VR headset. So it wouldn't it be a hassle? And then I just ended up using it for other things. So, I mean, I think we all know my thoughts on this, which is I will you love get putting it. shit on your head. Well, it's not only that, like, again, you, both of you, <laughs> both of you live in houses. I live in a small apartment, right? Like, it's very different lifestyle. This is not a lifestyle built for VR in any way, shape or form. I would have to move right. all of my furniture in order to play that, which we all know is just never going to happen. Well, you wanted to move my couch for a stream and I wanted to kill myself. And that it didn't even true. take us that long. It was just like... She got very upset I was just when like, I moved her the furniture. The thought of moving it was just like, ugh. <laughs> I just didn't Don't want to Don't make me. <laughs> and so I'm like, there's no way I would opt in to that to play a VR game. There's just, it's just not, not a reality that I live in. 
Oh, but then it wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't, but I'm not going to do it ever again. Okay. I think if you really wanted it, Simer, <laughs> your little apartment wouldn't be an issue. But yeah, I think it's just it's not worth it to you, right? It's really not. Yeah, I think that's kind of yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um well, how about we wrap up this most anticipated by potentially hypothesizing hmm. about what Nintendo is going to be up to at holiday 2020 and what Google Stadia is going to be up to at holiday 2020. Oh, boy. I hope Stadia has their shit together by then. I do, too. I hope they get their shit together before then. I mean, me, too. I've been thinking that this holiday break is going to be a good test for me to bring Stadia on the road and try it in an airport and try it at my in-law's house when I'm traveling and, and see because this, to me, is where I think you know, Stadia could rise above the competition is if they can get their data use in line, their, you know, streaming um, consistencies in line. And then, of course, if they announce something big from first party, like a first party exclusive that really gets people hot and bothered, I think that, you know, we might be talking about Stadia as being able to stand toe-to-toe to PS5 and Xbox Scarlet next holiday. But as it stands right now, not so much. But if anybody can infuse more money in to make it a bigger thing, it's Google. Yeah. Get those money bags. Start funneling that shit into the fire. Let's go. I Regarding Nintendo, I would think, you know, by holiday next year, there would be some announcement of a more powerful console. I think, you know, we're about that time now where you start hearing about that three years, three years, right? It's, uh, February or January 2017, I think, was the launch of the Switch. Correct. Yeah, so, I mean, 2020 would make sense. Three years in. Something a little bit more powerful. You know, we've hypothesized out what that might look like. So I think it's very likely. There's a lot of rumors that that would happen this year. There is a report put out by the Wall Street Journal where they're like, they're going to announce something at E3. And it wasn't the light. It was supposed to be this bigger, better, new console. Whoa. But that obviously never happened. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire generally. So I have no doubt. That rumor was just the new Nintendo Switch that has the more the more powerful battery life. I yeah, bl- but, which would be a little no. I mean, there was the rumors had other things in it. But, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. We will see. I would like to see something about. Obviously, I'm very confident we'll get something on Breath of the Wild two next year. Yep. yep. What about Metroid? You think that's ever happening? I think it's going to happen. I obviously Didn't like, they well, reboot they, it, or they were they, like, we've, "Yeah, we've you know so, we're starting over on this project." Yeah, so the Metroid thing has been rebooted. They started over, and then the latest and reoccurring rumor is you know the the trilogy remastered, whatever, whatever that's supposed to be coming. That's supposed to be announced every year. It's the same thing, so it's hard to say. Where is Pikmin Four, man? It's up someone's ass. I don't know where the hell it is. No one. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Just kidding. Sure if you're someone, a yeah. enthusiast, don't don't get upset at me. Okay. I was just trying to make it funny. Um, I thanks. So me. I appreciate that. Um. Well, regardless of where your allegiances lie, I think we can all agree as gamers, 2020 is going to be an impressive year, and there's still so many more announcements that are to come that we'll hopefully hear in the weeks and months ahead of us. And you know what? I think it's a great time to be a gamer. (laughs) 
No, you're you're not. Sorry, I'm laughing. You laugh. You laugh like you agree. You don't agree. No, I, I'm I so laugh. Confused. Because, no, no, I'm explaining myself. I laugh because that's one of those things that I feel like we say every year. It's a great time to be a gamer. You know, it's how every CEO starts the press conference out. It's a great time to be a gamer. There's never been a better time to be a gamer. It's never been more exciting to be a gamer. And so I just okay. Made fair. Here's fair. all I'm going to say. 2020 at least looks a lot better than 2019 did. I feel like 2019 was not, I mean, it wasn't a, the worst year to be a no. gamer, but to me, I was like, this was not the best year. And we will get into that on uh, next week's episode. Is that what we are releasing our, our what's good game award? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So stay tuned for next week for all of my salty ass thoughts on 2019 and why it's <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear your salty oh, ass boy. thoughts. It's going to be great. <laughs> all right well ladies and gentlemen we want to hear from you what is your most anticipated game for 2020 is it on one of the new consoles is it something that's happening in q1 leave us a comment at youtube.com slash what's good games tweet to us at what's good underscore games or leave us a note at patreon.com slash what's good games thank you so much for supporting everything we do here all year long we hope that you guys are enjoying your holiday playing lots of video games and mostly just hanging out in your sweatpants. We love you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.